blood-curdling greetings, my blood donors. Thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your spectacular day. Those tunes you just heard are, as always, courtesy of the lovely Bobby Mackey, and of course I am your host, Tessa Morrow. The Chase Vault. Many of us have heard of it and know that it is supposedly cursed. It's long since been empty and unoccupied, but the haunting events that took place are still on people's minds in Barbados, never to be forgotten. Located at Christchurch Parish Church, the vault stands tall and quite proud. It was constructed with stone and coral with concrete walls that are over two feet thick and a massive slab of marble that seals the tomb itself. It's no joke, my friends. The vault was built in 1724. It was to be the final resting place for a gentleman named James Elliot. Well, James, he passes away somewhere else and is ultimately buried where he died. And if you were to be in the churchyard and walk past the graves and see the vault, many wouldn't think twice. Just some family mausoleum chilling out. But there are strange happenings that occurred here at this here vault. Every single time this marble vault was opened to enter a new family member, the coffins would be completely in different areas. Mind you, this was sealed off completely from the public, from animals, from the weather elements, and everything going on. And it wasn't just a few inches here or there that the coffins would be moved. No, they would be up against the wall, toppled on top of each other haphazardly, different positions. It was just very interesting, to say the least, and quite the mystery. So the year of 1807, the first person is interred into the crypt, a Mrs. Thomasina Goddard. Her wooden coffin is put in, and the vault is sealed. Well, the following year, the patriarch of the Chase family, Colonel Thomas Chase, he purchases the vault. He is told that there is a body in it, and even though it's not a Chase family member, he respects the dead and decides to leave her there and to let her continue to rest in peace. Tragedy strikes the Chase family the very same year that Colonel Chase buys the vault. The youngest Chase daughter, Anna Maria, dies at the extremely tender age of two. So one heartbreaking day in the middle of February, the child's tiny tin coffin is entered into the family vault, being placed right beside Thomasina Goddard's coffin. With the first Chase family member now in the vault, the large, gigantor marble door is shut and then sealed with cement. The next few years go by with no deaths, thankfully. That changes, however, in July of 1812, when Anna Maria's older sister, 12-year-old Dorcas, dies under major mysterious circumstances. Rumors have it that her father, Colonel Chase, was not the nicest of men. He treated the family slaves horribly, 
and he was not very nice to his children either. And it's said that abuse went on, and I don't think it was ever proven, but that's what was said, and that the daughter, not even in her teen years yet, had enough, and she decides she's going to starve herself to death. They enter Dorcas into the chase vault, and I don't believe anything was quite amiss quite yet, but fast forward just one month later when Colonel Chase himself dies. It's believed that he had committed suicide. The mood goes from mourning the dead to complete and utter shock and confusion when the vault is unsealed and opened. The two Chase daughters' coffins were found to be, quote, in a confused state, having been apparently tossed from their places, unquote. The first person to call this vault her eternal resting spot, Thomasina Goddard, well, her coffin was left right where it was seen when last opened. It remained untouched or undisturbed. This was not the case with Anna Maria and Dorcas. Both girls' coffins were now against the far wall, standing on end with the head downward. The people who see this do not know what to think, finding it extremely odd and mysterious. It takes several people, mind you, to get the coffins put back into their original designated spots, and the vault is then closed and sealed once again. It is now September of 1816. Samuel Brewster Ames, another chase infant, dies suddenly. The vault is once again opened. This time, all four coffins were majorly disturbed. Thomasina, Colonel Chase, Anna Marie, and Dorcas. The vault is inspected, and it showed no signs whatsoever of an apparent or attempted break-in. With much help, the coffins are again placed back to their normal spots, and the vault is then sealed once again. Well, just two months later, after the baby was put in, the vault is open once again. This time it's for Samuel's father, Samuel Brewster, Sr. He died much earlier on. He was actually murdered by his own slaves, and he was exhumed from his original burying location and was to be put in the Chase family tomb, being reunited with not only his family, but especially his son. And no shocker here, the coffins were strewn all about. Too bad there was no time-lapse camera options back in those days. I mean, that would have been so interesting to see these huge, massive coffins moving on their own, each several hundred pounds, you know, which takes several people to lift. One woman reported that late one night, she was riding her horse going past the churchyard and graves when both human and creature hear these odd and bizarre sounds coming from within the vault itself. It is then that the woman says her horse begins to act extremely odd and bizarre even has foam coming out of its mouth. 
Within the next few days after this scary incident, many people report that their horses were going completely insane, with some even throwing themselves into the bay. (laughs) The year is now 1819, and word of the mysterious moving coffins, well, it has spread all throughout the island. When in July, they must open the vault again for another internment, this time for Thomasina Clark, a crowd shows up. This includes local authorities. Now, you know, people had heard about the supposed curse and wanted to see for themselves what all the talk was about. And let's just say no one was disappointed when the vault was opened. And, well, maybe the Chase family themselves were. Like, what the hell's going on? You know, why can't things just stay as they are? The coffins, they're thrown about. One coffin, the first one, and the only one that is wooden, that being Mrs. Goddard's, sat in its original spot. Sadly, though, it was severely damaged and splintered due to the heavy coffins moving about. It was falling apart, and her skeleton was, much to all the witnesses' shock, sticking out. So much for resting in peace. The governor wanted to find out the answer to what the hell was behind the ever-so-mysterious moving coffins in the Chase Vault. Obviously, not just the governor, but the family and the community as well. They did a few things to try to catch the possible culprit. His wife describes some of this. In my husband's presence, every part of the floor was sounded to ascertain that no subterranean passage or entrance was concealed. It was found to be perfectly form and solid. No crack was even apparent. The walls were then examined, proving to be perfectly secure. No fracture was visible, and the sides, together with the roof and flooring, presented a structure so solid as if formed of entire slabs of stone. The displaced coffins were rearranged. The new tenant of that dreary abode was deposited, and when the mourners retired with the funeral procession, the floor was sanded with fine white sand in the presence of Lord Commermere and the assembled crowd. The door was slid into its wanted position, and with the utmost care, the new mortar was laid on so as to secure it. When the masons had completed their task, the governor made several impressions in the mixture of his own seal, and many of those attending added various private marks in the wet mortar. Now, word not only spread from local to local, but also was spreading throughout the media world as well. One article shared, Each time that the vault was opened, the coffins were replaced in their proper situations, that is, three on the ground, side by side, and the others laid on them. The vault was then regularly closed. The door, a massive stone which required six or seven men to move, was cemented by masons. And though the floor was of sand, there were no marks of footsteps or water. The last time the vault was opened in 1819, with the governor of Barbados, Lord Commermere, present, when opened, the coffins were found confusedly thrown about the vault, some with their heads down and others up. What could have caused this phenomenon? In no other vault on the island has this ever occurred. Was it an earthquake that occasioned it? or the effects of an inundation in the vault. The tomb remains closed for about eight months, 
But during this time, disturbing reports are coming in from several people. Reports about hearing sounds and voices coming from within the closed and very much sealed vault. This is not the first time, remember, the woman and her horse heard sounds one night as well. And it wasn't just like one report or something. There were several people coming forward with concern that they're hearing things in that vault. So the governor, he goes on to do a little investigating himself. He is happy when he sees that it looks undisturbed. The seal that he did himself is still there, undamaged. He feels quite confident that the coffins will be in their destined places. They began to do the grueling task of opening the vault. And to their shock, the door will not budge. It's almost as if something on the inside is pushing against the door, not allowing it to open. What the bloody hell is preventing them from opening this vault right now? More manpower is requested, and immediately, may I add, they are finally able to open the vault, but quite forcibly. It was not an easy task, not in the slightest. To their horror, Colonel Chase's tomb was thrown against the entrance. Upon entry, the horror continues. The coffins, they're thrown about. Anna Marie's coffin was severely damaged in one section, looking as if it was smashed against the wall. Dorcas, too, her coffin was smashed up, her skeletal arm reaching out. Meanwhile, the sand that was on the ground remained pretty much undisturbed, besides the coffins moving around. There's no footprints, not one single one. And upon seeing this horrible sight, the governor orders the bodies to be taken out of the, what many believe to be, the cursed vault, and buried individually on the church burial grounds. You know, today the vault still stands, but remains rather vacant. And to this day, the moving coffins of the Chase family vault in Barbados remains quite a mystery. Makes me think, though, you know, Thomasina was the first person to be in that vault. All seemed well until others were interred. Did Thomasina not like others being in there with her? Remember, for a while, her coffin was not moved or damaged, while the chases were obviously in different places. I mean, who knows? It's just very interesting stuff. And again, whether it was an earthquake or whatever, other vaults and mausoleums and crypts on the island were not affected in the slightest when it came to that. So makes you really think, what was going on? with that particular vault, the chase vault. Whatever the case, I hope now that since they have all been moved out and are individually buried, that the two Thomasinas and the Chase family can now truly rest in eternal peace. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others. They are all quite awesome. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry. Just hit up any of those phenomenal podcast platforms such as Podash, Hub Hopper, Castbox, Deeper, Radio Public, 
wherever you roam to hear your other spooky podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcast lurking in the background. This week's special city shoutouts go to St. Thomas, the Caribbean Sea, Peculiar, Missouri, Bonita Springs, Florida, Bacolod, Philippines, and Missoula, Montana. As always, you guys, thank you so much for coming and stopping by, making us part of your day. You are truly phenomenal. Don't forget to stop by next Monday to check out the newest episode. Do you have a story of your own to share? Want to hear your local haunt or favorite place to investigate in an episode? Email me at paraprowl at gmail.com or throw a message my way on the Paranormal Prowlers podcast Facebook page. And we will see you next week.